Doug Williams is 10. Yeah, so on this week's Touchdowns and Tangents podcast, we break down black QBs, the transitioning of guards from franchise QBs to first-round picks. Everyone hates the new guy. No one wants to replace Sinatra. Blase, blase, blase. Uh, NFL cheerleaders get no respect. Um, shout out to NFL doctors calling out concussions. Um, you also have Mike James standing up to the NFL about uh, medicinal marijuana use. And we got a special call in from Daiki Sato. I probably butchered that. Sorry about that. But I, I think it's Daiku. He actually dropped some great Chargers insight, there. both as an expert and as a fan. He works for NFL Network. He writes for Clutch Points. So it's definitely dope to have him on. And he dropped some NFL. He dropped some USC knowledge, too. No, we didn't talk about UCLA players. I wonder why. KB also gave a rundown on undrafted free agents. And we got into the whole Matt Patricia scandals as well as Kaepernick lawsuits. So... Definitely want to tune in, listen in, Touchdowns and Tangents podcast. What's this podcast like, KB? This podcast is like when you or your friend or whoever are on a journey. Your days both were kind of hectic. You meet up at the same time. You pretty much say no to all the usual food spots. And then you settle for one spot that was actually kind of fulfilling. But you're so busy, like... Talking trash and doing other stuff that you kind of just forget about it. So, yeah, this podcast is that one thing that you take for granted, but it really gets you through the day and your week. Touchdowns and Tangents. If you like it, subscribe. Leave us a review. We'll shout you out on social. TDs underscore Tangents. IG, Twitter, whatever. The Matt Patricia, what do we call it? Scandal? Incident? Indictment? Like... Sexual inappropriation, inappropriate sexual situation. Yeah. So basically, um, it was reported that Matt Patricia had an indictment back in 1996 when he was a student. Um, he was accused of inappropriate behavior, him and somebody else. And pretty much it never came up throughout his whole career until this week. And kind of with everything that's going on just overall in society as far as, you know, people getting me tooed in politics in pretty much every industry. I mean, the NFL already got it with Jerry Richardson, the Panthers, who got caught up for inappropriateness. So And racism and a bunch of other things. And that once that sale goes through, man, the heat, they're going to make a lot of money. But yeah, so now the the Lions are going to investigate. The Lions are being investigated by the NFL just to see kind of if they did their due diligence. But the ironic thing is, like the Patriots employed him for how long? Like seven years he was D coordinator or something? Yeah, I'm honestly kind of not shocked that. I mean, do we really find abonished? out? Do we find out a lot of stuff about New England Patriots coordinators before they get famous? Like, like my whole thing is, and it sucks that we kind of have to make it this because, I mean, you know me, I'm always on the side of, of the victim. I like to give victim, I like to not blame the victim and I like to do my best to give 
the accused their due process. But in this case, not only is it like a really long time ago, so I mean, really legally, what can you do? But it's pretty much just going to hurt his reputation and probably make the lines look really stupid. So I don't really know what the motives are here because obviously I don't know the victim. And I'm really not all that familiar with the whole charges and indictment. So it's just kind of weird timing for me. But like you said, I mean, it's not all that surprising because football coaches are hyper-masculine people. And, well, as you said off air, Matt Patricia looks like he'd be inappropriate. So He looks like the the grouchy white dude from um, uh, Community. I want to say Community. No, Parks and Rec. He's a white dude with a beard from Parks and Rec. He gives me that vibe. So, I mean, I think in his particular case, it might just be like some social awkwardness. I don't know like that, like people who just aren't really that social tend to have HR problems. So it could be a litany of things. We'll see how it plays out. The Lions didn't really need this headache though, especially from a guy whose defense gave up like 500 yards in the Super Bowl. (laughs) And they have to completely transition not only the Lions culture, but also their defensive scheme so even though they just actually they got a pretty good defensive draft so we'll see who knows in a strong conference that's actually where the bears might actually be decent the bears like they might actually be competitive as i said last week the nfc north had the best draft top to bottom along the same lines in the nfl we haven't really gotten a chance to get to it just because we've really been immersed in the nfl draft if you want a recap, you can go ahead and listen to the past two episodes. But this whole Washington football team cheerleaders incident. Washington. Racial slurs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it pretty much fell under the whole radar of pretty much mainstream NFL talk radio. I mean, some people talked about it here and there, but like for a day. So, KB, you want to go ahead and give a synopsis of it? Yeah. Uh First off, I want to preface it. Washington is a terrible place to be when it comes to politics and all these other things. So when I hear horrible, dirty stories about sexual um, promiscuity, but moreover sexual manipulation and, you know, power brokers abusing their power, I'm really not shocked. But the gist of what happened and it's been reported a bunch of places, pretty much like uh, Washington racial slurs, cheerleaders... And NFL cheerleaders already have a bunch of lists they have to abide by when it comes to certain teams. But in terms of this team, their cheerleaders was at, I think it was like a charity function or something like that. They were dealing with donors. It was a booster yeah. booster event. Yeah. Uh, pretty much high-ranking people. A lot of money to be Sponsors. made. Sponsors. A lot of money to be made and donated, potentially. And, Sponsorship sold. And they were essentially forced and maybe coerced. Pretty much some of them were just naked with body paint on, serving drinks. Okay, to give a little bit more context, because that was horrible. Basically, it was a calendar shoot Yeah. with where if you've seen any cheerleader calendar, the women are pretty much either in bikinis and or topless, holding their breasts, stuff like that. So pretty much these 
Exclusive VIP members were invited on site to the photo shoot to basically watch the women not only take pictures, but get ready and say hello and converse and stuff like that. On top of the fact that they also had a couple of like boat retreat events where they were on boats with these people and there was a ton of booze. There were other times where they were bid on kind of not for anything explicitly sexual, but just pretty much bid on to have time with. So they would get handpicked and then they would go to the club and pretty much just hang out with these guys. And from what I read, for the most part, most of them were were pretty respectful. And this was not a one-time thing. I think the the event in question is from 2013. So even before 2013 and the five years since then, the um, Washington Redskins have been putting their cheerleaders in situations such as this. So pretty much similar type of story as in like what took so long because five years later, now everyone is upset about it. Now, don't get me wrong. I can understand why it's wrong putting your female cheerleaders in that situation. But, like, what do you do about it? Because I think the NFL already issued a statement saying that basically they encourage teams to treat cheerleaders fairly. But since not, not every team has a cheerleader squad, it really... They really can't do anything about it, like league wise. It's an optional thing, basically. It's, it's built in. It's like, oh, they're um, they're a type of a contractor. Like the way you get past situations like this is pretty much, oh, you're an independent contractor. Um, also, when it comes to when it comes to uh, cheerleaders in the NFL in general, they already have a bunch of rules that they have to abide by. Uh, it's. It's actually kind of shocking. Like, if they're in the same place with an NFL player, they automatically have to leave. Uh, not allowed to follow NFL players at all on social media, anything like that. But NFL players can reach out to them. Yeah, it's. I mean, one of the cheerleaders who was. It's was pretty much like it's pretty much like a stereotypical bad. Be seen and workplace. not hurt. Be yeah, seen and not hurt. And in one of the cases, one of the cheerleaders. Uh, who had a grievance pretty much was like, you know, we'll settle a loss, the lawsuit against the NFL. If I, if we can have like a four hour meeting with Goodell settle for a dollar from actually sit down with us and hear our issues. So clearly it's really an issue of a, they're not being heard and B it's kind of being treated like an independent contractor where it's like they you're not really the star. And this is kind of like a thing I've noticed for cheerleaders at every level. If we're going to be honest, they really do get treated like a sideshow. I mean, in some cases, when it comes to football, cheerleading is the thing that people show up for because the team is so crappy. Or in other cases, the cheerleaders are really popular. They all have followings, whatever. In college, obviously, it varies. And then you get to the pros and you're dealing with women who are doing their job 
uh, but still being taken advantage of just based off the rules and the landscape that they're in. So Yeah, pretty much it's not like an issue of anything explicitly being done wrong to them. It's just a culture. A culture that's not it's not, not conducive, conducive to women. To not even just women, but just professionals in general. Like nobody wants to be fondled with billionaire with boys their clubs. eyes. It's billionaire boys club stuff. It's it's stuff that we all know happens, and only some of us are privileged enough to. Have you seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut? Maybe not that extreme, but something close to it. Yeah, man, we apologize for any background noise um, this week, but uh, Kenny's over here sweating bullets, so I had to turn on the AC. Like it's ins- I didn't realize how insanely hot it was without the air. I don't know. Maybe it was the brew you had before. Probably the hoodie and the fact that I'm wearing all black. That probably has something to do with it as well. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see where that lawsuit goes, I think, further than just this. Because the NFL is being hit with a lot right now. The Kaepernick-Reed lawsuit. Yeah, man, which is actually what I wanted to get to next. Um, Actually, Daniel Snyder and Pete Carroll were both deposed. I think it was today or yesterday for the Kaepernick case. I imagine what Daniel Snyder said. I haven't read too much about it other than it happened. So I'm sure there'll be more on it as the week goes on. So stay posted for that. But if you heard a police siren, that wasn't us. That was really a police siren outside somewhere. (laughs) Perfect timing. So when you hear that Daniel Snyder was on a federal federal case or whatever, being uh, interviewed by police. Yeah, just that that's the sound you hear. And we've talked about this throughout the weeks. The biggest thing about the Kaepernick case is that if the NFL is found guilty of collusion, you're talking about pretty much a fallout of the whole CBA and potentially players union and a lot of money being hopefully settled to Kaepernick. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know how the situation plays out. The landscape being changed. Think of it as... It's much bigger than Thanos snapping his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet. It's more like... Spoiler alert. That's in, on, the comic, that's in the comic books, first off. Not read the Avengers comic books. That's literally what happens. So it wasn't a spoiler. No, I didn't. I'm not a comic guy. Yeah, of course not. I'm just a culture vulture who goes and watches the movies. That you just kind of spoiled. And I watched them twice. Um, you may or may not have spoiled it. I don't, all I know is in the comic books, um, Nebula, his step, his adopted daughter, but sworn enemy, uh, pretty much gets the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos takes it and jacks up the whole universe like it it just destroys everything the whole landscape everything has to be redone um think of it kind of like that one guy one man a lawsuit so huge that it pretty much rips off the the decadent veil and you realize the emperor has no clothes yes i'm speaking in metaphors and hyperbole and all that but if you actually read the emperor has no clothes you know exactly what i'm talking about but pretty much if he if it comes to pass that hey Kaepernick's right, all these owners colluded, and then um, when it comes to the Eric Reed situation, to recap, you're not supposed to ask players if they're going to protest the anthem. That's not a part of their job requirement. That's actually illegal in terms of the whole job vetting experience, and allegedly, apparently, uh, the. Cincinnati Bengals asked him that 
when he went there for a visit. So, Eric Reed probably knows his career's over. His brother fell all the way to the third round. And, well, yeah, the NFL's kind of a... They're up, they're up a certain creek without a paddle when it comes to PR and everything that's going on. I think the biggest pushback of this all is that football so, football and sports overall is sold as the ultimate meritocracy. And what we're finding is the, the biggest back channeling. The ba- back channeling is finally being exposed into the light. It's like the ultimate form of Game of Thrones. Because, I mean, even Herschel Walker, he was quoted this week saying, oh boy. basically... He he appreciates what Kaepernick did, but he already said he may or may not kneel when the team asked him. So clearly he doesn't really want to work that bad because Walker compared it to his chicken restaurant that he owns in that. A chicken restaurant. Yeah, I wasn't going to touch that one. I was going to leave it to you. But basically what he said was, you have my permission. if someone that I'm going to hire at my chicken restaurant doesn't want to listen to me, and what am I supposed to do with that? Pretty much comparing it to Kaepernick and furthering the uh, just because that's the way it's always been. That's how it should be narrative and stand in line and don't cause any ruckus and don't use your platform to help people if it's going to take money out of your mouth. And Pete can't do this, so I'll do it. Uh, pretty much master says shut up and uh, tend to the fields. Um, and for anyone who doesn't still get it, pretty much he compared Herschel Walker compared Colin Kaepernick pretty much taking in the civic disobedience, civil disobedience against uh, like white supremacy and the murdering of innocent people by cops and police brutality. He compared that to his chicken restaurant. Well, but, probably well, doesn't even, even have a good sign. Even bigger than probably that. Probably doesn't even have good biscuits. Even bigger than that. He's compared, like you said, civil disobedience to insubordination. Those aren't the same thing, right? Because yeah. insubordination, it, it has to do with what work. Civil obedience is, I know what I'm, I'm breaking a rule, but I'm doing it for a reason because the rule is not just. There you go. The other way is just like, I don't like what you're telling me to do, so I'm not going to do it. It's like tucking your shirt. I don't want to. It's not. This is not that. That's a false equivalency. That not, Well, besides that, out. it's not Kaepernick saying, I don't want to run your offense. That's more insubordination. Ch- getting audible and changing it every time your coach gives you a play. I'm gonna check That's insubordination. Like, But saying I'm not going to stand for a national anthem when there's no rule saying that I need to stand for the national anthem. In the country or in the sport. And I have a reason to do it, a just reason that people are behind and supporting. That's not the same thing as, hey, I'm just not going to do this because I don't want to do it. And there's literally like civil, like there's there's federal case, there's a federal case on the books. And it legally, it, it got to the Supreme Court. You don't have to stand for the national anthem. You literally can just sit there and do nothing. You have that right. That's literally what makes this country so great is that you can. I think it was in a, well, let's not say this one. Let's not go that route. All right, let's not go this route where you say you, we don't live in a great country. Do we? I mean, we're on the brink of nuclear war. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, stop, bro. I, I was joking. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anywhere is nice. Anywhere is bad. It's a mixture of both. Go live in Puerto Rico, bro. 
You act like this is not. First off, that's a you just go live in go live in, man. That you don't even help anything. I like, know, Puerto but Rico's I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I'm just saying. You personally are okay. Are you sure about that in this country? I'm you're not. Okay? I mean, you're not living in. You're uh, not. You're not living in. Flint. I've been hassled by police my whole life. We all have. Uh no, we all haven't. You and I have, but I'm saying. Bottom line is, it's bad, and if you just dismiss things, and it's part of the NFL, why people have all these issues, if you just say, oh, everything's fine, we don't need to worry about it's it. It's not fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it could be worse. Yeah, but or okay. it's, it's still bad. It's like it's like the ending of Avengers. It could be worse, but it's still bad. No, we're not at the ending of Avengers yet. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're at midway we'll point. be there. We're we'll mid- be there, and the then point? we'll be there, and then you'll say, "You know what? I wish I could go back to that point when things weren't this bad, and we were just sitting in the in the the good news radio station, having a nice little chat, not worrying about a bomb being dropped on us." Well, I mean, that could happen at any second. So, I try not. To I mean, it could it. happen at any second, but ever. there's no imminent threat of it at this exact particular moment. It's just not. But yeah, like, when that imminent mo- when that imminent moment comes, you can probably catch us on our speaker channel. Where we'll be live broadcasting and just getting all world. our shit out there. The world, Pete's <laughs> slandering not. everybody. Pete's just gonna finally admit that he's really afraid. No, I'll finally just leave all my slander out there for the silver and blog. Literally, like twenty years of just. <laughs> Stuff I've wanted to get off for my every chest. blogging site that did you dirty, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, damn, that's a lot of blogging sites. Show ass up. That includes that includes school publications too. You don't get a you don't get a thousand blog posts without making a few enemies. Pit, yeah, pretty much. You put the pen to pad, and sometimes you know you get enemies. All right, man. So the next thing I want to talk about, next topic of the week, Mike James, free agent running back. Who? Mike James. Yeah. You knew I was going to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, since we're in Kelly, you know I have to talk about it. He went to Florida, if I'm not mistaken. And basically, he he applied for an exemption for um, medicinal cannabis under the NFL, saying that he needed it for therapeutic reasons. Opposed to painkillers, which he found himself getting um, relying on, which actually causes a severe opioid addiction compared to you know medical marijuana and its natural herb and yeah, basically the NFL said, "Nah, bro, nah, you good. You can either take the painkillers we give you that are killing you painfully." Or you can just not play. So guess what? He's probably never going to play again. And he was already a fringe roster player anyway. He's actually a free agent right now. I think he was a six-round pick in 2013. Yeah, but I'm saying like he was already like he'd probably have to play special teams and a bunch of other stuff just to get on the field. He's that kind of a player. So he's probably done for. I think the issue. Say you only get three years in the league. And what 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 Max Kellerman said, one of the goats. Um, what he said is it, it it's an it's an issue because you have the NFL saying. No, you can't do this, which medical research has proven and shown that medicinal cannabis is a lot better for you than opioids. 
because opioids do cost a bunch of side effects and they're highly addictive. They're way more addictive, way more side effects than weed. That's the first issue. Number two, you're basically ignoring that research and saying, hey, we should stick with the status quo. And that's really the biggest issue that the NFL is overall having, right? Like we talked about before. We're seeing the back channeling. We're seeing the dark side of the league shown in the light. And pretty much that's what is going on with this whole medicinal cannabis thing because they know what's going on, but they're just staying with the status quo instead of really trying to innovate and trying to move this forward towards popular culture. And that's really the issue of the NFL is they're just stuck doing the same thing. They're a corporation, and corporations are technically people and technically sociopaths. Well, technically even, protected by the law. Even so. besides that, like even uh, I read somewhere to Dr. else. Bennett Omalu. I read somewhere else that like eighty percent of corporations aren't even testing for weed anymore because they realize how how small that pool is of people that don't smoke weed, especially because it's legal in like twenty nine states. Legal as in either medical or recreational. I think it's like recreational use it's in like six states. It's not federally legal, but it's legal state to state. So. Which which is another issue within itself because it's it's categorized as it shouldn't be. It's essentially saying, "Oh, you're it's a it's a narcotic. You're a criminal in the NFL because you, you smoke weed, and in the NBA, you failed a piss test." And I think the worst part is that's right? the problem. You're criminalized for failing a drug test in the NFL, but you're actually taking the medicinal marijuana to save your life. Shout out to. Uh, was an offensive tackle who retired. Uh, For the Jaguars. Monroe. Uh, no, yeah. was it Eugene, Monroe? It was Eugene Monroe. Yeah, it is Eugene Monroe. Yeah, because he played for the Ravens, too. Yeah. He was a first-round pick. He retired because it's like, yo, there's more to my life than this. And a lot of cats use I it. mean, on 420, Bleacher Report did a whole thing with a bunch of former athletes. Matt Barnes, like. Sean, uh, Ryan, not Ryan Sims. Sean Smith. He used to tackle who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that that's that's my other big issue with this whole thing is like they all know it happens, right? They all know that their players are smoking weed. It's like it's pretty much the don't ask, don't tell. Like, hey, as long as you pass this drug test, you're good. But if you don't, we're gonna fuck you. And poor, that's the poor issue. Choice of words. And that's the but issue. Ironically, that's a sad situation of it. And that's the issue is because like you know it goes on, and when you get caught, you're like surprised. And then you condemn them and crucify them. And if they keep doing it over, you just kick them out the league. When we know, as you said, people need this to play this unnaturally violent game. So it's either these unnatural synthetic painkillers that provide a bunch of other side effects or this natural natural plant that may or may not have some psychedelic effects and... May be addictive, but you can't die from it. And really, all the symptoms are sleepy, hungry, and makes you feel better mood. It makes you feel <laughs> like, good or it gets you going. Yeah, so it's like, oh, much, uh, I'm throwing up. Pretty much NFL's full of shit, as we already knew. And they're just going to keep being full of the same shit instead of allowing some change and some progress and leading the way. And they're in bed with the pharmaceutical industry, so there you go. They're just going to be late to this, like they always are. And 
Shout out to Mike James for at least trying to like do things on the table and do it the right way. Yeah. Instead of just hiding in the shadows, taking the easy way out. But hey, man. As we know with the Kaepernick situation, you got to play by the league's rules or you're out. So he's probably out. He's probably done. Hopefully he has some side ventures or. Saved up. Shout out to Rashad Mendenhall. How does a nice car to drive Uber or something, man? Shout out to Rashad Mendenhall, who's a writer on the show Ballers, and they cover opioid addictions on that show. And he had similar problems when he was with the Steelers and the Cardinals. So don't forget, he got out early though. It was only a few year, a few years ago that the NFL settled their whole concussion suit. No, not even the concussion suit. The painkiller suit before this concussion suit. Because they were just giving players in the 70s and 80s painkillers like nothing. Yep, uppers and downers. And in the 90s, they're giving people experimental painkillers that aren't even allowed in the country anymore. So, Oh, yeah, stuff that they the don't... The NFL needs to get off their moral high horse and stop acting like they know what's best for everyone because they really don't give a fuck. Period. They need... I like, Sorry for I like, my language. I like this new Pete. I like this Pete right here. Like, this is the old Pete, the old Pete that I missed. Where it's like, it's not just me arguing against the man, the system. There you go. Okay. No, I just argue with you. You're the man. You're the system that I argue against because your takes yes. and your tangents be out there. So I gotta, someone has to hold you accountable. It's only me and you. And if no one wants to call in, then it's got to be me. So here I am, the contrarian one. That's not good talk radio if I disagree with you. You could just be indifferent. Exactly, which I usually am, and I usually tick, pick the opposite side against you. But in this case, I'm not indifferent. I have a stance, so I'm sharing it. I'm proud of you for that. Clap it up for yourself, man. You deserve it. <laughs> you, deserve, you deserve a clap. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, son. Yeah, touchdowns with Tangels Radio. I think that's probably the longest, like, nice moment we've had on the show ever where we did. Throw some pettiness under our breath. Like, you know, we were recording in your room. Like, nah, like. <laughs> pause. Pause. I don't know why. That's For those of you who don't know, we used to do the show way back in the day, like four months ago. <laughs> yeah, listen, I thought it was last year. It was last year. Like December. On my phone. Before, before I went to on Vegas. a TV desk. In my room. Just talking With smack no AC, for two hours. Way, he would purposely. Cut off all the fans because so I, I didn't want ambient noise like there is right now. Hopefully not, but hey dog, we'll uh, see. I'm not trying to die from like a heat stroke. Just giving the people take off your sweater, big man. Hey man, then I'm gonna be cold. So what's the point? And it's still hot without the sweater. So no. Anyway, a- shout out to Doctor Bennett Omalu, the doctor who essentially was Will Smith played in the movie Concussion. He pretty much un- uncovered all this stuff, and he recently quit his job for the San Joaquin. Um, the San Juan, he pretty much quit his job as a medical examiner um, in San, San Joaquin County. A lot of murders been happening out there, and pretty much the police department has been complicit in like losing body parts and all types of craziness. So yeah, medical examiners have a really tough job, so uh, be nice to them. And some of these doctors really are trying to help save the world, but they magically end up getting murdered or exiled. So, yeah. Shout out to Positive Vibes, Dr. Bennett Omalu. 
We got to keep cats like that alive. KB taking people to school for his tantrum today. So uh, KB, Medical school. So, KB, do you want to go ahead and um, give people some notable undrafted free agency that they should know about? Oh, yeah. This is going to be fun. Um, I'm going to lead off with uh, Quentin Meeks, corner out of uh, – Wisconsin? Stanford. Stanford. Sorry, same colors. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Wisconsin doesn't push corners like that. My bad. Wrong white school. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Now I got to take away your clap. Like, thanks a lot. Pause. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so I'm just going to start with uh, certain teams. Uh, The Buffalo Bills got Levi Wallace out of Alabama. And... Receiver Robert Foster out of Alabama. Robert Foster, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Ran a 4 for one at the Combine. Really great athlete. Has a lot of potential. Just he really got virtually no run because they literally only threw the ball to Calvin Ridley. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. He got like Especially last year. 70% of all the catches. I think he had like 13 catches last year. And Levi Wallace, scrappy corner. This Alabama group, like, he, Nick Saban knows how to coach DB. So even if you're like... A bad, like the worst corner on Alabama's defense, and you go to the combine and somehow run like a four three five, you're still going to get drafted because you played at Alabama, and there's just the level of respect. So there, those two guys signed with uh, the. You don't have to give us a team by team breakdown. Just give us some topical people that we should not. That's why. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, Look out for J.C. Jackson, corner out of Maryland. He was supposed to. uh, People were saying he was going to be a mid round pick or whatever. He ended up not getting drafted, and he signed with the New England Patriots. And the Patriots love Maryland and Rutgers players. So keep that in mind. You also have the Cincinnati Bengals. They got uh, South Florida, the greatest quarterback in South Florida history, Quentin Flowers. Some people actually tried him out at running back, but he signed on as a QB. So rooting for him all the way. He might. He could develop into a Seneca Wallace. We don't know. <laughs> That'd be dope. Shout out to him, Chris Warley. A great man backup. Yeah, man. But he he's he's great. He lost his mother and his father. He like, and his uncle died when he was in the senior year of college. Like, shout out to Quentin Flowers. Like everyone who knows him has nothing but great things to say about him. He pretty much is considered a son to uh, Charlie Strong, USF head coach. Oh, and just to throw in some college football news, Blake Barnett, who Josh Rosen slandered pre-draft and was ranked ahead. <laughs> that was the funniest thing of the whole draft season. <laughs> he, he said he remembered he, exactly who was in front of him coming out of high school. And Blake Barnett was like supposed to be the guy who won a national championship at Alabama, uh, but stupidly transferred to Arizona State and then got no run. Um, shout out to Herman Edwards, and now he's transferring to University of South Florida to play. He's eligible immediately, so who knows? He'll probably be one of those like five star QBs that like are really good, but are gonna go undrafted. Um, yeah, so keep keep that out, keep that in your head a year away from now. Uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, did something that I'm kind of not shocked by. They picked up uh, former Texas washout. And uh, West Georgia left tackle or offensive tackle, Desmond Harrison. Um, wow, that was quick. Hey. Yeah, two more. Let's do it. Press, press, dog, the green button. 
You're on Touchdown Angel on the good video station. Give us your name and where you're from. Hi, my name's Ike. I'm from uh, Los Hey, what's good? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How about you? Good, good. So for the um, man, me and I go way back. He's only right, so nice. let, me ask, let me ask you, though, good on the you know, and I really don't disagree with that. They're probably the team to beat in the AFC West. But we know that, and especially this year, how can this slow this year? They're special better. I think so. <laughs> no, that's it's Especially because it's so refined. Like, you know, you have a specific skill set. Exactly. You know, obviously, no no player dreams to be a, a full-time special teamer, you know. But you get paid. And I, I, <laughs> you get paid. Hey, hey, I mean, dude, I'll stand, in the, I'll stand in the end zone and take a knee every time for, for free $400,000 a year. Yeah, <laughs> Me <good>. too. <laughs> Return kicks and you may or may not get knocked out. Right. This is an interesting point. Um, you look at that offense, Melvin Gordon... Well, he's not really. He just does have breakaway speed. Like we just have to accept that fact. But I mean, it had kind of like a by committee approach last year. It's unfortunate, but it had never really worked out after he got injured. So who do you see possibly stepping up at running back outside of Melvin to spell him? I'll be honest with you. Know, I, I'm really not that optimistic about it. <laughs> Eckler was okay. He was, he was okay. I mean, you know, he was nothing special to me. That one game where he um, what happened to Oliver. He, have you seen that video? How he uh, he uh, ruptured the Achilles. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I just, it, it looked, he he a gun went off. It just went. Pop. I just remember. I just yeah. remember when he tore up the ribs a couple of times. I was like, man, this kid is crazy. Yeah, that, that guy was. He yeah, hasn't been the same since. Darren Sproles. No, no, he was the one man Darren Sproles. He was not the same ever. All right, man. So, any, any other points you want to make on the, the Chargers draft offseason, upcoming season? You know, for them, I think it's all it's all mental. It's like they just need to stop, you know, messing up and behind. Uh, you know, they've been through injuries recent years, and it's tough. And the AFC West is stacked. I think I think it's well pretty tough this year. Um, Especially the pass rushers, man. Everyone man, those pass rushers are nasty. Bomb. I'm the one thing that I'm not looking for. Yeah, thing Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos. Uh, the year from the Broncos is Bradley Duff. Bradley that guy turned into a halfway decent. Pass rusher, man, watch it. With Von Miller and Shane Rankin off the bench, just just because. And then they got Shaquille Barrett still. Yeah, he played good too at the end of the year. Derek Wolf, who hey, I think is still using steroids. I don't know. Shane Ray, he's gonna get traded. Yeah, probably. He's, he's not last. Time. He'll get traded. Yeah, probably. All right, man. So go ahead um, and go ahead and plug your your social channels so people can follow you. Um, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can uh, follow me at Sato underscore ID. And that's too much made down. Perfect. I usually, yeah, I usually post stuff on there. Um, but yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for for joining us on on this Thursday and giving us some charge perspective. You're awesome. Uh, hopefully, we can do it again soon. Yeah, anytime. All right, all right, man. Have a have a great night and a great week. You too. Bye. 
Yeah, pretty dope, man. Shout out to Nike. Said it right. You you know I'm horrible at these, bro. You're the namesake on the show. Yeah, that's <laughs> I just step back and let the man who you know his mom gave him that name let him say it. Yeah, pretty much that's what I was trying to do. But that was actually pretty dope, man. I I haven't heard like good Chargers commentary like that ever. I was actually gonna say ever, but I thought I'm it might be, be a nice. hyperbole. Like even listening to mainstream Fox Sports, which is their station, I don't hear even on 1090 i don't hear when stuff like that i i know and he actually who, he actually like knows like chargers history dropping names and stuff he knows you're chilling the world who's gonna be a project that outside linebacker like i respect that he didn't just say like oh, he's gonna be a perfect fit if you're running a three four i'd say yeah but it's gonna take him some time and i think it's they really just need to talk about the fact that outside of melvin ingram if he goes down they have no running game you mean melvin gordon i mean i said melvin ingram yeah you did gfe Wow. But I mean, both, they're both Melvin. Hey, that's fire, though. That, that sounds like I'm about to hit you with the, with the ultimate clapback track. That actually sounds like um, one of those songs of Pusha T's uh, mixtape, Fear God. I think it was a mixtape. Whatever. Um, but speaking of names that I do know. All right. You're finishing your undrafted free agent yeah, seg? Yeah. This, right. this is where it gets good. Um, KJ Malone. Uh, offensive lineman at LSU, son of Carl Malone. Are you making fun of him? Are you saying boo because Carl Malone has because a bunch he's of kids? a six four tackle? Well, that he has a bunch of and, kids and, and he doesn't and, talk to him. Yeah, and he's a six four. He worked tackle. his way. He's gonna play guard, moving too. to guard. Well, that's and what yeah, most LSU linemen he's are. He's the only son that Carl Malone recognizes, bro. But. Name the last he, good LSU left tackle. I mean... A great LSU left tackle. I think I read somewhere that Carl Malone had another son who actually played in the NFL. Yeah, Demetrius Bell. Yeah, and, and he, he just, completely denied he him. Completely just didn't want anything to do with him. And he still made it to the NFL without him. I think he was undrafted, too. He Shout out to the, Mo Hurst, man, because he, he actually has a similar story. As famous far as father. Famous father. And he was, I think, a DB, right? Worth 37. And so that's why Mo Hurst wears 73 to be the exact opposite. Which, shout out to number 73 because it's a really great number. Yeah, I had that I number. I love it. I had that number in high school. It was beautiful. Really? Yes. That was, I, I, I had, had that, that number, number in 73. I had that number too. Hey, hey, hey let's okay. go. <laughs> I wanted 75. I looked at it. They're like, that's a legacy number. I was like, I like my legacy better. I'm going to take 73. Yeah, pretty pulled much. Pulled up on camera day. Nobody, on picture day, nobody knew I was going to take 73. I just pulled up and took it. Yeah, pretty much freshman year, they called. I was like one of the last people they called over to get a varsity jersey, and they were like, go ahead and pick which one you wanted. And there was like eight numbers left, and 73 was like one of four numbers that had both the JV freshman and varsity number open. Yep. So I pretty much got all three just right then and just moved my way up. Yeah, I had some teammates that took 76, 77. I was like, all right, bet. Most of the tackles, they're taking like 70s. 75 is going to be gone. I had 75 freshman year and on JV. But I was like, nah, I want 73 for VAR. Because it's just, it, was, it's, it called me. It's just, it's it's a lucky number for me for some reason. But All anyway, right. Enough of the tangent. Go shout ahead. Shout out to uh, Michael Bagley. Um, he was a great kicker for the University of Florida. I don't know why it says Michigan. But, yeah, he went to the Indianapolis Colts. Sky Moore, uh, one of the. All-time leading tacklers in South Carolina history. Uh, great linebacker in college. Uh, had a broken bone in his neck. Had to come back from that. Missed a year. Redshirted. Came back. Had a great senior year again. Surprisingly, didn't get drafted. 
Um, also, so like I said, the Jaguars, they picked up Quentin Meeks out of Stanford, Alan Lazard, wide receiver out of Iowa State. And Tennessee kind of shocked me. They picked up a couple uh, USC prospects, Deontay Burnett, uh, wide receiver, and Nico Fala, O-line. Then you also have the Cowboys, who I think got a really good steal at San Diego State defensive back Cameron Kelly. Uh, he could have essentially I – mean, he was a safety and corner. I think he has some return value too. Um, they also got Joe Lanning, linebacker at Iowa State, who played quarterback at Iowa State too. And, oh, yeah, one more. Dun, 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 dun. Damn, I can't remember this dude's name. But uh, Evan Barry, Eric Barry's little brother, actually made an NFL roster. I was kind of shocked when I saw that. Hey, can I just say he that? He the Cleveland Browns. Can I just say? That's what I was going to say. Can I just say that you're corny for shouting out everybody's famous little brother who might have a shot at making the league? Nah, God, can you, I just you gotta say know that? who they are. Can I just? Say you that? gotta know who they are. <laughs> nah, what if, nah, nah, nah. What if he makes it? Nah, nah. But here's the thing with undrafted free agents. So. For those of you who don't know, the draft is seven rounds. There's only about, what, 250 players that get drafted. The rest of the crop of, like, 500 eligible college players that enter the draft. get priority free agent contracts or they get nothing. Their teams pick them up. They get a tryout. They possibly get a contract. They go through minicamp, which just happened. Then they go through training camp, which is in August. The roster's cut from, what, 96? No, I think it's 100 to 96 to, like, 73 to, like, 56. Something like that. I don't know. It's probably wrong. But basically, there's a bunch of cuts that happen, and these dudes who get drafted already have a hard enough chance to make the roster because, essentially, these NFL teams are already 70 players deep. They add another seven, and they sign another 10, 15 free agents, and all those 20 rookies are fighting for maybe five, ten spots on a 53-man roster, which is already filled out from free agency and past prior contracts. Past contracts. Practice so squad. Pretty much, especially here, anytime we can give someone a little plug and shout them out, we try to do that, even though half of these players may not make it to the league. Realistic. They're always good stories to watch and keep an eye on, especially if you're going to Really follow your team or catch them on whatever reality show is streaming them and these speak, days. Speaking because of good players, you recruit. You actually, um, I think you interviewed this guy and you covered him at Shrine Game, or as one of those games. Uh, Marquez Carter out of Grambling. Yep, went to the Redskins. HBC. You. Yep. Hey, there you go, Pete. <laughs> Pete's on one. Pete, Pete's all right. KB put me through sensitivity training. I had to because if you got one more HBC, you wrong. Somebody was gonna kill you, <laughs> Kappa. Somebody like someone's gonna come get you. And I got to show by myself, and it's like, ah, oh, man, yikes! I'm just gonna slander you the whole time. But anyway, the Minnesota Vikings actually got a couple, three good prospects. Jeff Bidette out of Oklahoma. He uh, since he was one of Baker Mayfield's favorite deep threat targets, ran a four two seven at his pro day. Uh, has a lot of return ability. Might even steal some reps from uh, Marcus Sherrills, their cornerback for the Vikings, who's the all-time leading punt returner 
He's the all-time leading scorer of punt return touchdowns in team history. I think he has like five. And then you also have Corin Robertson out of Southern Mississippi. A lot of people thought he was not that Corin Robinson. Not the I can't that catch a cold the, Corin Robinson. That went to with the North Carolina State <laughs> and was terrible. Not the Seattle. I'm a 76 on Madden with a 93 speed. He had 81 on the PS2 though. <laughs> yeah, he was 81 overall. He was really good on PS2. Him and Robert Ferguson had really good rating. Ferguson was 78, but still. And then Holton okay, Hill surprisingly okay. didn't get drafted. Okay, okay, serious question. Would you rather have 2000s Seattle receivers, Ugh. 2000s Eagles receivers, oh my God. or 2000s late 90s, early 2000s oh dear God. Chiefs receivers? Oh, dear God. Late 90s? I mean, I might get a couple good. I mean, damn. Because I know the Chiefs actually had good receivers at one point. They had a cat out of USC who was pretty good. I can't remember his name. A USC, a USC wide receiver. I can't remember who was actually good. Shocking. Um, damn it. Uh, so you said Eagles, Chiefs. Seahawks. Early, late 90s, early 2000s. I guess I'll go see. Does it matter who I have at running back? Because I feel like it, in quarterback, because it matters. Um, No. So I can have. Any quarterback, I just picked the receiving core. All right, let's see. Do I want a James Thrash, Freddie, uh, Todd Pinkston, and Freddie Mitchell? No, the Eagles are out. Uh, Eagles are definitely out. They're always out, only because of Freddie Mitchell. Um, and then you said, so Seahawks, what? Like Seahawks, Warren Robinson, um, Seahawks, Daryl Jackson, Bobby Darryl Jackson, Ingram, Bobby Ingram. You know what? I'm going to take the Seahawks. Bobby Ingram was actually good. And then what? And then, they got and then the other one too. was Kennison. Eddie Kennison, Sammy Parker. D'Angelo Hall. Dante Hall. Dante Hall, yeah. Uh, they had, yeah. They Sadly, the Seahawks are probably leading and, that. And when we race. say receivers, we don't mean tight ends either. So you can't take you can't say, oh, I got uh, Tony Gonzalez. No, it doesn't count. Man, you got, you got, I hated that stupid-ass seam route and a post route with Tony Gonzalez. Bro, I hated cheating. his face mask. Cheating, especially in that che- Madden when the when the Sam linebacker had no AI. No one could and cover like, the tight end. Literally page. never lifted his arms up. Like, bro, put your damn arms up. Jump. No one could cover the tight end, the tight end uh, fade once they put that into the playbook. And once you had, like, the alternate routes where you could do, like, a huge wheel route. And especially when Trent Green get, had that offense. I'm speaking bro, from I, experience because my cousin was a Chiefs fan. I was a Raiders fan. And he used to school me with Tony Gonzalez. And, you all day on and just throw bubble screens at Dante Hall before I even knew how to ro- throw bubble screens. The basic just wide receiver screen where, like, one guy runs a real route, another one runs a streak. But, Loki, when I would audible to that um, – the uh, the tight end wheel route, I was unstoppable. It was over. It was the out and up, try to the stop Pre- Dog, try, You can't stop the out Try to stop Pre-Sones from getting five yards at men oh, in the done. early 2000s. Even when like all, you couldn't, you could just juke and you couldn't hit stick, it was done. Yeah, Especially stupid. if they were fast, all you had to do was get to the edge in Madden. It was worse than college in some aspects. But um, uh, speaking of fast, a defensive lineman, Hercules Mataafa, Washington State D-Tackle. Signed on with the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to do something good with him. I'm excited about that. I mean, they have, like, that's actually a perfect scenario for him because he can actually develop. Yep. And then you also have the. But, like, let's be real. If you're the offensive lineman, 
who loses to him in one-on-one pass rush, how pissed are you going to be? I mean, he runs a four-seven-six, so I mean, like he's good. Yeah, but just, if you're the star, like he's that cat that like he's slippery. Someone like coach will get really mad and be like, "Get out of here, Everson Griffin," and he'll put his hand up, and you're like, "Okay, kid, show me something like on some real Rudy ish." Like, nah, and then he comes in there, dog. he let the and then twelve in sacks, and then he comes in there and just shits on the left tackle. Well, their left tackle isn't very left good. Left tackle throws the bag. Like, shit just pops off. Then then you got a whole physical practice all Her- for no reason. His name is Hercules Mata'afa. He's not soft. He's just No, I know light. he's not soft. He's just light. And he's he small. He's 4'7'6". He's 6'2", 250. Nah. Yeah, he's 6'2", 250. Uh, 260. Uh, I saw him listed at like 6'5 on one site. Nah, he's not 6'5". He's like 6'1", 6'2". With cleats on that's disrespectful. All right, man. So let's move. Oh, one more guy, Jonah Trinaman out of BYU, ran a four two at BYU's pro day. BYU doesn't really utilize black receivers like they should. I don't know if that's a problem. We should talk about that. Can he say that legal? But I did uh, legal. Okay, we good. Yeah, legal loves me. Uh, it's you they have a problem with. They're gonna talk to you after the show. By the way, <laughs> I did drop a lot of f bombs today. Sorry. Shout good out, news. Shout out to USC wide receiver Stephen Mitchell, and he's. He's a cap, I think, yeah. He actually got his degree, got his master's degree. Um, and he got signed, He got picked Big up by ups, the L.A. Man. Rams. Perfect fit for him. He might actually make the roster there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be easy because Farrell Cooper and Michael Thomas aren't horrible. But if he can live up to that potential and that Sarah pedigree, who knows? Yeah. He didn't go to Sarah. Oh, I thought he did. Nah, Stephen Mitchell... Didn't go to Sarah. I, I guess I just assume all USC receivers went go to, to Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you really did. <laughs> I really did. My you bad. Really sorry, it. sorry, Stephen Mitchell. Sorry, Sarah. All right, man. So let's nah, move last on. One, last one, this bro. One, you said the last one like four times ago. Because the Seattle Seahawks always have good. Because ones. you're not prepared. Hurry no, up, the Seattle. No, I hurry up. Full list. Be quiet. Uh, your favorite player, Puna Ford, out of Texas. That's really not even my favorite player. I yes, didn't even know he was Stop until lying. like two you, weeks ago. You cake for Texas I didn't players. even know who he was you like two weeks Texas ago. Players, I did not know who he was two weeks ago. Okay, sure. You brought now him. Now he's just somebody that you used to know. I got you. No, you brought him up like a. You brought him up like nah, when we were at the house. That you used to know. It's you cool. brought him up like last cool. season. It's you brought cool, him up Kimbra. during the season. It's cool, Kimbra. I got you. You brought him up during the season, and I was like, "Who's this dude?" And then you brought him up again like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, all right, let me figure out who this dude is. Anyway, Texas D-Tackle, he went to the Seattle Seahawks. That should be interesting. Another 5'10 player. <laughs> Pretty much all these undrafted players KB's that's naming foul, are all undersized. <laughs> like, that's really foul and disrespectful, bro. <laughs> all right, man. It's time for Take Your Tangent. Let's go. This is our weekly game we play. Basically, I read off a storyline. You can give me a take, meaning you have a stance on it, you have an argument against it or for it, something you want to say about it. And tangent, tangent means you're going to take the unorthodox route, you're going to give me a story, you're going to give me something that reminds you about it, and somehow find a way to tie it all back together. So, KB, um, what's his name? Ingram for the Saints. I, I Mark can't, Ingram. Got I didn't. Suspended. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Mark Ingram got suspended for PEDs, caught four games. His appeal was denied. You got a take or a tangent on that? Um, 
ever since they showed that picture of him standing next to Derrick Henry in the national title game a couple years ago, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry looked like freaking Megatron. He looked like big. <laughs> he's like 6'3", 247, and he like made Mark Ingram look like a child. Made him look like a high school prep running back. Um, honestly, I, I mean, he had to do something. He, ironically, he's the Saints' all-time leading rusher, which is weird. And I don't know how that happened, but shout out to Mark. Deuce McAllister was hurt a lot. That is true, and he really had no other backup. I can't even name a running back behind Deuce McAllister. And has Hasley got a job since then? Yeah, he was a defensive coordinator for the Rams at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I mean, hey, for running backs, trying not to get hurt and all the other stuff, it was probably something that's legal. But I don't know. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, real quick though. I don't want to breeze over Deuce McAllister because Deuce McAllister was nice. He was all right? great. He never gets respect for that and early two thousands. For that early two thousands running back era, like the my golden him. age of the running back, like he's the most slept on, overlooked one. Like, is he the Wale of NFL running backs? Yes. Yes, that was actually a great comparison. Wally been putting out dope stuff lately. Bars. I know, right? That's why I said it. All right, my bad. You were conti- you were giving a take on him. Yeah. Know. Speaking of like running backs being hurt, um, well wishes to Carolina Panthers running back uh, Fo- Fozzie Whitaker. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Fozzie Whitaker. Uh, Torres ACL in a non-contact drill, and ironically, the Panthers had just signed running back C.J. Anderson, former Denver Bronco. So yeah, it's hard out here for a running back. So Alvin Kamara is definitely gonna put on a show without him. I'm just gonna put it to you this way: Melvin Ingram, and I think you were trying to get it, kind of get into this before I Melvin Gordon. I, no, Melvin Ingram. Okay. Cool. Before um, I interrupted you was Melvin Ingram had to do something right because they brought in AP last year. They drafted Alvin Kamara. They already had um. No, they don't have Sproles anymore. My bad. I went back in time. Melvin Ingram is a defensive end. Melvin Gordon is a running back. Mark Ingram. My bad. Wow. It's because we said Melvin. We were talking about Melvin Ingram. We were talking about Melvin Gordon. Mark Ingram. There's so many Marks, Melvins, and Ingrams. Anyways, Mark Ingram had to do something. It was pretty much. I think he was off a contract here. He signed. He he just signed before last year. Yeah. So he, he had them. to do something. They hosed him by not giving him And I, I'm sure it was a matter of recovery because it usually is. It's usually not something that you do, like, in the middle of the season, but it's something you do to get over the injury and to speed up your rehab a little bit. So whatever, I don't know exactly what substance he got popped with, but whatever it was, it was probably some drink he was taking to help him rehab a little bit faster. Or a THC smoothie. You never know. Yeah. All right. So next one. Brandon Marshall is set to visit the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow, Friday, I believe. Um, do you have a take or a tangent on that? He's the perfect fit for that offense. No speed? Minus the crazy. Big, tall possession receiver who's really Crazy and no speed. So he's basically Jermaine Curse, which they traded no, away last year for a second round pick. No, I know. He's always been better than Jermaine Curse. And faster. And better. And better. He's, yeah. We know Kanye. We covered that already. He's stronger, too. But isn't the ironic thing that, like, the Jets, and here's my attention on it. So the Jets cut Brandon Marshall last year. I see where you're going. Then they traded for Jermaine Gers. And then the Seahawks signed Brandon Marshall a year later. After the Giants cut him. 
Yeah, everything comes full circle. Either Dez or Brandon Marshall. Oh, Brandon Marshall. Be I feel like either of them could land in Carolina, too. I feel like. Nah, I think the San Francisco's a better fit. Nah. They'll be the best receiver on that San team. San Francisco likes small, fast receivers now. Yeah, but they have, have they like possession guys, too. And they need a guy like Des Bryant to push the receiving room. So, I would say. Nah, Garcon got a chip on his shoulder. Garcon old, though. Goodwin got a chip on his And Des ain't old. I think they're the same age. Nah, Des and Goodwin aren't the same age. No, Des and... Garcon, I think they're both like pro- 32. Garcon's been productive and much quieter. And he's faster. He's always been faster. All right, next one. Donald Penn, we talked about it last week. Um, he was involved with an incident with his... Wife. Wife, estranged wife, Soon to be whatever. divorced wife. Um, turns out charges were dropped. The... I believe it was the DA said that there pretty much wasn't enough evidence to charge anything. So, do you have a take or tangent on it? Um, it sounded like really just a lover's quarrel, and they already got situations with a side chick going on. So, I wish all three of them the best, or ever any other side chicks. Uh, he allegedly come has come to the game to watch with his wife. I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of mention that's going on on social media. So, good luck to the Penn family. Um, keep those kids out of out of that drama. Good luck to all them. That's pretty much my take on it is I'm glad that he didn't catch a case. And hopefully he can get this whole situation resolved civilly and put behind him so he can concentrate on I wonder if him and Gruden have beef. the last couple of years of his career. The last two because he ain't got no more than two years. Yeah, whatever the case. Is he like an 87 overall, man? He's not a 90. He might be like an 85. Yeah, that's fair. 86. <laughs> I push it 87. And my last one. Peyton Manning was asked about being included in a bid for the Carolina Panthers ownership. He actually turned it down, declined it, said he's not interested. So do you got to take your tangent on it? Could they stop shoving Peyton Manning down our throats post-retirement? Like, bro, I didn't like the nasty I'm pretty ass sure. pizza that you were promoting. Um, okay. Why don't you, like, go promote, like, prosthetics for people's necks and shit? Like, do that. Be helpful that way. Whoa. Can we can we be fair here? Like. We don't live in a world of fair. Sorry. Fair is where pigs are judged. Like, it's not Peyton Manning. I, I think Peyton Manning feels the same way as you. I think he's like, hey, can She's y'all not- stop connecting me to every single job that's remotely related to the NFL? Like, real talk. It feels like he's just trying to chill with Cooper and everybody else. Well, I think Marcellus Wiley, he said it on my way over here. To pull a J. Cole, he's like, get off my... He's like, why would Peyton want to do that? He already gave his neck. He already gave up all his family time. Like, he's a workaholic. Leave Peyton alone. And he's made a lot of money. But for some reason, everybody thinks that means that he wants to keep giving all that to football and stay connected to the game. When really, he's probably making bags to just show up and give motivational speeches. Residuals. And he gets free vacation and he can bring his family with him or not bring his family with him. Whatever he wants to do. Checks, 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 checks. Pretty much paid vacation, fat check, no preparation, chill at home, 
No Why C- would you give that up? No CTE, no edge rushers. And the other point Marcellus brought up is like, really, how many former NFL players even want to own an NFL team? They don't because it doesn't appeal to them. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of headache. It's a lot of managing personalities, moving money. And those who do want to do it usually don't have the means because think about it outside of like what? John Elway. How many people have really had a role in the front office? I mean, there were talks of like, allegedly somebody said, uh, a coach reached out to Kurt, Kurt Warner, but I, mean, I believe that he can't. But play. even even for Kurt Warner, I think he's more of a coach than like a GM front yeah. office kind of guy. He just takes me as that dude who wants to be on the field, like I think running through drills. Because I remember even he like a few years ago he was coaching his sons in high school, like leading them which to ones championships. He has like thirty seven kids, something like that. I don't know. I read a story about it. But also, yeah, it's uh, I I can see him more doing play by play as a joke every once in a while. Just show up, yeah. Street clothes and flip flops with no socks, with with mandals or sand, dad sandals. All right, man. So, uh, before we close out the show, um, there's a couple things I want to talk about. One of them we kind of breezed over with um Daiki. Was the whole veteran to first round pick, second round pick, QB transition. That's an interesting relationship. It's unlike the bridge quarterback to future quarterback relationship, which is kind of like. It's pretty much like asking your wife to set up your next ex-wife. Your next. Your future future ex-wife setting up your next wife. It's. That's that's more of like starting quarterback to backup, but when it's like bridge QB to like future star, it's more of like side chick to future wife. Like you're out of nah, the because out of the player stage. Big, player's Big stage. Ben's not a side chick. No, but I'm talking about more Tyrod Taylor, uh, yeah, Josh yeah. McCown, and any team he's on. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm shout I'm, out to Darnold. I want like, I would want that man in my corner. He's the greatest hype man ever. I just want to specifically talk about Big Ben, right? Because he's not. He basically told, as you said, Mason Rudolph, F the click you claim and. F you and the click you claim. Yeah, there you go. I don't know why I said that, so Culture Vultry. My bad. I mean, you probably should have just played the clip, but. And Mason Rudolph. He said F you and I mean, uh, and Joe Flacco hasn't returned any of Lamar Jackson's texts or calls, which. It's understandable. I, it's understandable, but. Joe Flacco's anti social. Lamar. How many texts and calls did you return all off season and draft season? Like, bro, come on, like that's not fair. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's you had, not fair. You, you had know, plenty like, of people trying to mentor you, and you no, were, they weren't trying to really mentor him. It was more like they're like, could you run a forty for us? We no, that's not fresh. true. That's not true. Ooh. There was a lot of former black quarterbacks who was reaching out to Lamar and not getting anything back. Uh, were they any good? Because, like, I... Michael Vick was one of them. Michael Vick is a coon, so there's that. What? I can say it. You said it earlier, but I can't say it. I never said that. Don't put those words in my mouth. You said it about Herschel Walker. I didn't say that about Michael Vick. (sighs) Okay, whatever. Fine. Whatever, dude. 
apparently. All right, so elaborate. You want to slander Michael Vick? Really? Yeah, go We've ahead. We've already been over this. No, we haven't. Um, this is news to me. What he said like a while back, pretty much like Kaepernick should cut his hair. It's like that was that was coon talkish. That that's the talk of of a coon. Mm. They it, they would have treated you better had you just cut your hair. That's essentially what he said. It came out really stupid. He pulled a Kanye before Kanye, but what Kanye did was unforgivable. No, he didn't, bro. No, said, he didn't at did all. Did you not hear what I just said? What Kanye did was unforgivable. Mike Vick just said something really stupid, and now he kind of has like a weird stigma to him. That's why he doesn't really talk about black quarterbacks anymore, in case you haven't noticed. He just shies away from What are you talking about? That. What are you talking about, bro? bro? He shied away. He was advocating for Lamar Jackson all yes, draft was, season. What are you he, talking about, he didn't, bro? He didn't what attack, are you talking about? He didn't attack What are you talking people? about? Because you're not are making you sense right now, bro. Let me finish. No, because you're not making sense right no, now. No, because he didn't go after the people saying, oh, well, why do you want to see him run so bad? You know he's fast. Like, he didn't go after the people attacking him for obvious reasons. That appeared racial compared to the comparisons with Josh Allen. We don't have to rehash all this, but pretty much. You brought it up. You were feeling some type of way, so you want to slander someone. Man, slander up correctly. I am slandering correctly, but my Be- because said a lot it's, of stuff it's stupid. Outside of, what else no, did he, he say? Come on. Bro, he said stuff on the show he was on where it was just like. He even admitted, he said, like, yeah, I was stupid and it sounded really, it sounded suspect. So, yeah. And there, there was a stigma attached to him for a while, so which you're perpetuating? No, that he said it himself. Yeah, so which you just you just rehashed and perpetuated, and and you used a, a single action to okay. sum up a whole person's character. Mm, all right, whatever. I'm not the only one who feels. You that just way. put someone in the I'm box. That doesn't that make it media, right. I, yeah, that doesn't right. make it right. I never said it didn't. I'm just saying when you say things like that. It really makes a black man. And he's not the only person who said that. And he's not the only black person who said that. That's different. I mean, Jason Whitlock said a lot of stuff. I mean, you just said you're. You just said talking about it. You just said you just said you're not the only person who said it. That agree. Every argument, but you're really like obsessing over this Michael Vick thing. Yeah, because that's not that's not right. I don't know why you have to slander someone who's already been slandered by so many different communities, and he's actually doing a lot of work. I never in the community and actually putting a lot of players out there, and he's actually been really open. He has a hard open, gold, but he said something that was really cool. He said something that was really disrespectful towards black people, and it insulted our intelligence as a whole. So sorry, Pete, but in this one, you're wrong. Yeah, man, you're just like wrong. I said. What he said was disrespectful. That's fine. You could feel that way, but and a lot of black but, people feel that way. Jim Brown felt a way about that. So was Jim Brown wrong too? Or is it just Bro, you've said stuff about Jim Brown in here too, so don't even don't no, even I go did. there. No, I said check the archives. Bro, I said You've slandered Jim Rome. I was like, I mean, Jim Brown Jim said Brown. something and it feels like someone's not helping him pay his bills, so he had to kind of I mean, and also when he went to the White <laughs> House Nah, like when Jim Brown ended up at the White House, it was like, yo, y'all not looking after Jim Brown. Because there's no way in hell 20 years ago he'd be talking to Trump at the White House. So I was like, yo, somebody, need, his handlers, whoever, needs to get Jim Brown and tell him the situation that's going on out here. But, yeah, I didn't say anything bad about Jim Brown. So calm down. Okay. Are we done? Are we okay. done with this? No, because. You literally are obsessing no. over this tiny ass. Okay. All right. No, because. I remember your question. I don't, I don't understand how. How you could get? You're not black, so of course you. I I don't understand how you can get how you could get mad at Michael Vick 
for saying a comment when he's I a, a, a Vic, but I love when he's still, when he's a when he's a media analyst and that's what he does. Nah, bro, that, so that's so not so a media that. take to say, "Hey, Colin, so let's just do that." They, they but you're you talking about you Jim, you're talking about Jim Brown, a leader, he's not a media analyst. A, a, exactly. You're, yeah, you're right. Added to my point. That was more who's political. a symbol? Exactly, a, a political symbol. Michael Vick ain't a political symbol. That's what I'm saying. But he said something. Really slavish, and that's worse than um. That was that's worse than than Jim Brown going to the White House. Dog, Jim Brown got played out. That's what I think. He's done too much for Black society. <laughs> for anyone, for me to sit up here and be like, okay, Yo, Jim Brown. That's terrible. all I wanted you to say. Okay, he's done too <laughs> Even much. Even though me. you're thinking it, but you can't no, say it. On I that told head. you. I said. <laughs> nah, I straight up so just said. Ass up. Nah. Right, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. You're not black. You, that's you, not. That's not. You wouldn't a, fully understand. That's not a. That's not. A, that's not a good argument for Jim Brown. That's not so a good argument. Right now. No, I understand. Do, do you do you do you hear? Yeah, Jimmy? I do. Do you, you hear Jimmy? Yeah, I do. You're do talking you, about do you one feel of the, Jimmy. You're talking about one of the, one of the pause. By the way, that's a line from um White Man Can't Jump, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. That's why I said that. So for some of y'all, thought that was weird. Congratulations! This podcast also gives great movie references. You're welcome. <clears throat> yeah, I, I know. Point- I know what Jim Brown has done. He, he's one of the few athletes who who stood up for Muhammad Ali. He went through a bunch of racial things throughout his playing career. And I understand what Jim. What and Jim, post career? I understand what Jim Brown has done. So you don't have to sit here and try to educate me. I'm just saying, like. You're over here talking about an action versus a a, a statement. He went. On, he Michael Vick went on TV and embarrassed himself. Yeah, Jim Brown's such a cult yeah, figure fine. that he could meet with any president. And Come on, dog. No, stop. It's no. Nah, nah, that's why. I, that, bro. No, Come that's on. why I said, yo, his Come handlers on, got him looking funny in the streets out here. Because why would you send Jim Brown to the White House to meet Donald Trump? I said that. I was like, yo, his handlers got him looking away out here. The same way uh, there were reports about, like, legendary comedian Paul Mooney's handlers were leaving him hanging out here, having him perform, knowing damn well, like, he's older and he's just lingering on on stage and it's bad. I think people Uh, really need to – we got to look out for our elders. I'm going to just say that because sometimes we put them in bad positions, the ones who did look out for us. All right, so the last thing I want to get to. Um, we didn't even really talk about the backup quarterback thing. I guess we'll just handle that in our, our individual takes because I feel like we got different opinions or similar opinions. Well, pretty much what I, I was just. Roast. What I was, go ahead. Go nah, for I'm it. Save it for the end. Well, pretty much what I just wanted to say is, like like we talked about before, at what point do you do you kind of accept a mentor role? At what point? Is it your obligation to help the organization that has really put you on and fed you? Like, at what point is it okay for you as a quarterback, the franchise guy, the person with the ego, the person who is the franchise, to kind of remove that and say, hey, I'm going to help this young man out behind me? Especially if you're someone who kind of got that. Yeah, because, like... um Flacco got it. I forget who Flacco got it from. No, I don't think he did. He didn't. No, I think he was, was with Steve ap- McNair's it was a couple last years. year. Yeah, I'm about to say Steve. I McNair. think he was drafted like Steve McNair's last year. Yeah, but um, then he got it from Steve McNair. I don't Steve know McNair, about Steve that. Steve McNair was a pretty selfless guy. 
don't know about that. You're over here talking about Michael Vick. You might want to read up on Steve McNair. Oh, no. Like, most of his Tennessee career, yeah, he was a... Yeah. Yeah, and afterwards, mm-hmm. his whole career. So, I mean, if you just want to call everyone what you want to call them, so you might as well do that, too. Yeah, we're not going yeah. dis- right. to disperse All right, but you can day. disrespect Michael Vick, so it's cool. Okay, okay. So, Michael Vick saying what he said. Whatever. Anyway, it's your personal beef. Um... Honestly, it really just comes down to the character of the person, and Big Ben ain't ready to let it go. Big Ben's not ready to stop playing. He still feels like it's his team. And to draft a quarterback in the third round, personally, it's like the Kirk Cousins situation, but different. A guy of Mason Rudolph's talent, you should take him at that spot. Especially when Big Ben keeps crying every year, I might retire, this might be it for me. That's an insurance policy. So Big Ben can get mad all he wants to. That's all I'm going to say for Big Ben because I got a lot to say in my closing. But Flacco, Flacco know he low-key stole money. So he should at least try. He got a Marine. He got a Marine. What did he do after that? He was meh. Bro, rings are so hard to get, you don't even need to do anything after that. Yeah, but they. he got paid off that one good playoff year. And that's all he needed. But after that, I mean, he didn't Kaepernick, the team Kaepernick got a got a got a great contract for yeah, those but he eight was games. Good after that, he was good. A after year those, after that, those subsequent him years. and Flacco had the same Flacco. exact the same exact trajectory. Like, if you really want to talk about it, they really and did. that's why you're smiling because you know they it's really true. Didn't. Think about that Monday night game two years ago when Kaepernick threw it was a sharp five decline. interceptions on week one versus decline. who? The Ravens. Oh, sharp, wow. It was a sharp decline. Yeah. I will admit, but Flacco's still in the league and he get blackballed for standing against systematic injustice of white supremacy. So you can't compare their trajectories because it just tailed off. Production-wise... And Flacco's win-loss record is a lot better. But Kaepernick can still play and he was just... Blackballed out. Flacco could and Kaepernick's could play. way younger too. So. Yeah, and he got blackballed out of the league. Yeah, Flacco just playing suck. Can we not act like he didn't suck these past three years? He hasn't he sucked. sucked. He's been mediocre, but he hasn't sucked. He hasn't elevated that offense in any way. That he was line, never that the guy. The offensive though. line has been kept together. He was, he was never that the guy. The offensive though. line was kept together, and that's and then they had like good running backs, and they drafted well. The defense kept them in so many games. The defense was playing great, lights out last year, and the offense was crap all year long. Flacco, and they've even reports saying like, "Yo, he doesn't work out with the receivers. He doesn't go the extra mile trying to throw, and all that." Like, Flacco's just sorry. He's not a team guy like that. Certain certain guys aren't team guys like that. It's like, how much mentoring was Montana doing for Steve Young? So Montana basically, felt like he could still play, and that's why he got traded. Flacco's best year was in 2013. He had 22 touchdowns and like nine picks. I think. No, 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 no. Sorry, no that that was not that was his worst year. He had 22 interceptions. His best year was 2014, where he had 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and threw for nearly 4,000 yards. Since then, he's only hit that mark in 2016. He threw for over 4K and 20 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. So, yeah, he's been pretty mediocre. 
His career average throwing percentage at 61%. And what was their record? Like, what was the Ravens' record the past five years? He almost got his coach fired, by the way, if we're keeping it honest. I mean, they've been pretty average. Below average. Because they haven't been making the playoffs. and I would fact check you on that. They haven't been consistently making the playoffs to the tune of what they were a couple of years after he won. I mean, yeah, one year they had a bunch of injuries. But Flacco's best days are clearly behind him. And the and it's like, but I think Flacco has more of a reason not to be mentoring him because they're two different styles of quarterback. Like, you can do more with Lamar Jackson. Flacco has a big arm and is going to make throws, but he's a sitting duck in the pocket. So it's like, if you're not going to teach him the fundamentals of just being a quarterback and being better and seeing things and coaching him, then, well... I guess that's why you brought in RG3. Good luck with that. I, I just don't see... Like, he's never been that guy to champion the locker room and be like, hey, I'm going to teach all you guys. Well, I think, ben, I, think, I think... Flacco's never been that guy. I think Big Ben should definitely be mentoring Mason Rudolph because the Rudolph needs it more. The audacity of him not doing it. And... Not just that, but Big Ben has gotten mentored by Tommy Maddox, Charlie Batch. He also, Cordell Stewart, I think. Was Cordell Stewart there? Cordell Stewart was there for a minute. And somebody else, and it's killing me that I can't remember it. And he's been contemplating retirement for the past, like, three seasons. So, bro, you know what's coming. Like, help out your franchise. I don't know what the big deal is. Mason Rudolph is not going to take your job, Big Ben. Like, let's be real. (laughs) But he knows he's the future. Because Rudolph can play. And they brought in his college teammate, James Washington, who's fast and plays like a running back with the ball in his hands. And you have Juju and Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown complained about not getting the ball enough. I don't know, man. This offense with Mason Rudolph might go to... Uh, he has less ego than Big Ben. Is Mason Rudolph a bigger Andy Dalton? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Slower, yes. Better arm talent. He has way better arm talent than Andy Dalton. He's a That's not deep, saying he's much. a better deep ball thrower. It is. All right. That's all right. saying he's Kevin Cobb, but I mean, I don't oh, think he's yeah, Cobb. I think that's actually a good one. I don't think he's Kevin Cobb. I don't, all right. On so, a bad day. <laughs> last one before we transition out. We've been trying to talk about this for like four weeks, so I just want to touch on it real quick. Schedules. Schedules. No, schedules. not schedules. Oh. We have all offseason to talk about that. Fifth-year options. So the way the NFL draft works is in the first round you get a player. Usually they're scaled to sign a four-year deal. Um, before the final year, you have an option to pick up their fifth-year option, meaning you get an extra year, and they usually get a high percentage increase. So, of course, players like Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, they got their fifth-year option. But there were a lot of players who didn't, like Sammy Watkins, Stephon Anthony, Danny Shelton, Philip Dorsett, Malcolm Brown, Brashad Perriman. Cedric, you said Dante Fowler Jr. already? Yeah, Dante Fowler, Cedric Ogbouye. 
Oboye, you can't say any African name. Yeah, I really can't. Sensitivity training. Say T'Challa. T'Challa. M'Baku. M'Baku. Shay Ray wasn't picked up. Damn. Cam Irving, sorry? Yeah, he's definitely sorry. He didn't get picked up. Amari Cooper got his picked up. Byron Jones got his picked up. Eric Flowers got his picked up. Wait, Byron Jones got his option picked up? Nelson Aguilar got his picked up. Yeah, he deserved that. Brandon Schreff got it picked up. Sheriff, he definitely deserved that. Kevin White did not get it picked up. Not surprised. Luke Tomlinson did not get it picked up. Lakin Tomlinson? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. Trey Waynes and Vic Beasley got theirs. Shaq Thompson got his. Because he's taking over all Thomas Davis's coverage responsibility, pretty much. Andres Pete got it picked up. Andres Pete, yeah. Jameis Winston got it picked up. Of course. TJ Humphreys. Gurley. DJ Humphreys, they have to because he's their left tackle. Marcus of, Peters. Eric Armstead, which Eric I don't Armstead. know why he got it. Eric Armstead for the Niners because yeah. he's a foundational piece for them on the defensive line. A foundational guy who doesn't get sucks. All right, cool. Well, Leonard, they, Leonard, they knew that Leonard Williams got his picked up. They knew that already drafting him. Devontae Parker got his picked up. So, real quick. Out of the people who didn't get their names picked, who didn't get their fifth-year options picked up, they have a chance to hit free agency next year. Who do you think has the most to prove this year, and who do you think will prove it this year? And then, just for shicks and giggles, who's a player that is probably done after this year? First, I'll say Dante Fowler Jr. has the most to prove. He had eight sacks last year. And he missed his first year with the, the torn knee ACL. injury. Had uh, some controversy because he had his baby mamas fighting each other. His girlfriend fighting his baby mama, and it was a pretty nasty, bloody beatdown. Like, hands are thrown. Someone was left knocked out. Uh, but I guess he grew from that, and, you know, he had eight and a half sacks. Really productive last year. So I think he'll, he can still get an extension. I just And all these guys pretty much can. Some of them, I don't think they can. I mean, they they can get it. I'm not saying they will. Run through some of those those names at the top for me again. Because Eric Flowers is done as far as I'm concerned. Once he plays right tackle or bumps down a guard, it's done for him. Okay, Randall, no. Agumbier, no. Pyramid, no. Malcolm Brown, no. Philip Dorsett, no. Danny Shelton, no. Stephon Anthony, no. Sammy Watkins, no. What was the second thing you said? You said who has the uh, best. Who will Who will earn their next contract? So you already said Fowler has the most to prove. Who will earn it and prove something? Well, Sammy Watkins has to be taken off that list then because he already got another contract. Okay. so um, And then who's just done out the league? Out the league, Stephon Anthony. He's... He's on his way out. So who who Flowers will still get another chance for some super reason because he was a top ten pick, but Stephon Kevin Anthony, White no. Stephon Anthony's just been moving around. Lakin Thompson no. Saints. Offensive linemen like even if they're a bust, they can still serve as some backup. DJ Humphreys has to play. 
But Stefan Anthony, there's no real need to start him anywhere because he's never really shown that promise that everybody thought he was going to have, even though he ran a 4-5. All right, so it's not gonna happen. I'll, I'll I'll give you the same categories for the people who did get their fifth year options picked up. Um, say some of those names again. Said Aguilar. Okay, so I think we already talked. Wayne's. So, what one dark horse name? I'll keep an eye out on who did get their their um. Option picked up. Who has the most to prove? Bud Dupree. I feel like his career has been both up and down. The Steelers have been taking edge rushers and linebackers the past couple of years, and him and T.J. Watt are good opposites. Though. They're good, but how good are they? And I think this is the year where we're really gonna have to see Bud Dupree kind of take that next step and be a Pro Bowler or an All Pro, or. He's probably going to go somewhere and get paid a certain amount of money and then probably just fall off the map. Because that's kind of how the Steelers linebackers work. Especially when you give them the number 40 anything. He should have got a number in the 50s. I'm so against that rule. Because then Clay Matthews should just switch to 47 if that's the case. But Jake Ryan already has that, so no. Uh, Who else? Um, another one who I think is going to earn another one. a lot of money this this um, offseason who did get their fifth option. This is the homer pick. Homer. I'm going to go Omari Cooper. Super duper. Just because I feel like he's finally in a scenario where they're going to really tailor the offense around him. He's got other receivers around him who compliment him. And hopefully Seth Roberts isn't on the field, so. I think he shouldn't take up any of his drops. I think he's like because we can only have one receiver who makes drops, and that's Cooper. So I think it's a situation with Cooper. Yes, I both Cooper, I both slandered him and complimented him in the same take. In the in the universe, there is balance. Thanks, Thanos. And the last one, the one who I don't think should have got it, and you're probably going to disagree with me, is Nelson Aguilar. He had one breakout year, and he's pretty much just been a home run threat. I don't know if that's going to be worth the what five, seven million he's probably making, well, especially then, because the Eagles gonna give, are uh, pretty good at receiver. Are they going to give Alshon Jeffrey a fat contract? I doubt it. They already did. Like he's under contract. Super fat. But I mean, look, he's isn't he older than uh, Aguilar? He's yeah. older than him, right? Yeah, by a couple Je- years. Yeah, by a couple years. So it's like And Kevin Johnson, I haven't heard anything about him. So he's gonna be out of the league. But yeah, he's that's gonna be out of the league. That's pretty much the, the that's pretty much the twenty fourteen class rundown for you real quick. Or actually twenty fifteen class, I'm sorry. But Leonard Williams I think is gonna break the bank instead of Amari Cooper. Alright. I think he's gonna wake he's gonna break the bank way better than Cooper. Cooper's just gonna get he's not like the best at his position. He's just really good. And I think Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook actually kind of hurt his chances because the ball is going to be distributed. And let's be honest, Martavis Bryant has a higher ceiling. But than that's Amari what Cooper. I'm saying. That helps Amari Cooper because he's going to get a modest deal. He No, he's going to get a quiet 1,200 yards. And you're going to be like, maybe. Uh, wow, Amari Cooper had 1,200 yards and 
Eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. Wow. And it's going to be because he just consistently had 80-yard games. He was the fourth overall pick. That's what I'm saying. He can't score touchdowns. That's a problem. I don't think he can't score touchdowns. It's just Crabtree was the locked-in target by Derek Carr. Because as we know, Derek Carr isn't always the best at running his progression. It's either first option, dump off, run, sack. That was pretty much his progression. Just kidding, DC. I love you. Sack fumble. All right. Or Jeff Heath catches you from behind. Let's take it out. You know what time it is. Unnecessary tough rounds. So go ahead, Kenny. You go first. All right. Shout out to Big Cry Baby. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. Benjamin. I'm, calling, call, I'm just going to call him Benjamin. I don't even care if that's not his real name. Like, dude really drinks his own Kool-Aid and forgot where he came from. I forgot how much he owes the Steelers. So let's start with the fact that he was he went fifteen and one as a rookie, but realistically, like he had nothing to do with that. He just <laughs> didn't make mistakes and hand the ball off to Jerome Bettis, threw it to Heinz Ward, Santonio Holmes. Like he was he was in the he was coddled into the perfect situation as a rookie. Tommy Maddox was the perfect guy to kind of bridge him over. And he even said it. He's like, I don't know where I'd be without him. So the fact that you can't even return the favor, like, that tells me what kind of man you are um, off top. And then what's, we can go back, look at the motor, the motorcycle accident he had. Um, we can look at the fact that he sexually assaulted a woman and then settled out of court and there was evidence that could have really got him in hot water had he and the Steelers not really worked hard to kind of just sweep that whole thing under the rug because it did get swept under the rug and I was in the group chat where we had a really thorough thought out conversation between whose legacy was tainted more Michael Vicks or Big Ben's it was definitely Michael Vicks, and then there was obviously some, you know, obvious reasons. Peter pretty much used him as a scapegoat. But, like, in this Me Too era that we're in, realistically, if what Big Ben did though all those years ago happened right now, he wouldn't be looking too good. He, he'd be looking kind of funny in the light. Um, so, for the fact that he acts like he's too good enough to mentor Mason Rudolph or even, like, welcome him as part of the team it's like come on dude you know that that's your replacement i mean you get mad because you feel like they shouldn't have taken a quarterback well guess what dude you have durability issues even with them improving that offensive line you still manage to get hit a lot and hurt a lot you hold on to the ball a lot and magically with one of the best offenses in football y'all keep choking I, some Steelers fan is probably gonna have to call in next week or in the next couple weeks and explain that to me. Uh, the fact that you would be so callous as to not try to actually just welcome him in—it's like, how dare you spit in that franchise's face like that after everything they've done for you? Like I said, Joe Flacco is just kind of an asshole when it comes to that, and he's also just antisocial. So I'm not even surprised that he's not helping Lamar Jackson. 
Lamar Jackson just needs to know that he's on his own and he should really be looking out for his own back, especially. And actually, he should reach out to former quarterbacks. Take some advice from a Mike Vick, but you should be going straight to Warren Moon and writing down everything he says. Because that's the greatest black quarterback ever right there. You should be talking to him, listening to him, listening to Doug Williams. Pete's shaking his head. I mean, statistically, Warren Moon's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. But somehow he's not the greatest black quarterback ever. Cool. I don't know. Maybe because he played half his career in Canada. Maybe because he only played in Canada because they blackballed him in the NFL. And they said, you got to play safety for us. And they wouldn't let him and a lot of other black QBs play in the NFL. Pete. Look up Joe Gilliam. Pete. Since you want to talk. Pete. Off the mic. Chump. But anyway. All right, bro. Don't Don't ever disrespect me like that because you know I've written thesis about the black quarterback, so get your ass out of here. Get your ass out of here. Don't ever disrespect me like that, especially during your time to talk. Don't sit up here and say Warren Moon is not the greatest black quarterback ever. Who's better? Statistically, who's better? I don't care about statistics. He has an asterisk on his career because he played in the CFL. No, what? Period. That's... That's trash. We're gonna That's say not that. trash. Gonna, yes, it is. That's not like trash. How? Okay, he wasn't allowed. It's not he trash. Was, bro, they said you, I'm not you debating come in that. The NFL, I am not safety. debating that. That's not what I'm debating. NFL, That's not what I NFL. don't care about that. He lit the NFL I don't on care fire about that. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. What I'm telling you is what I'm telling you is you can't say he's the best black QB because he didn't play his whole career in the NFL. Cam Newton is the best black QB. And that's facts. You know why? Uh, because he's the MVP. Period. He ca- put the Carolina Panthers I don't know on his about back. That. He didn't see well, wait, 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 wait. How many Super Bowls did Warren Moon see? How many Super Bowls? Thank you. Did All right. Newton win? All right. Bottom Are you line done? is I w- almost. Bottom line is to take this away for the week, y'all. Um, patience. Learn it. Develop it. Um, and sometimes you should really watch what you say. Not like. And you could retaliate and hurt someone's feelings. But sometimes you should just really listen because sometimes people drop gems and they say things not wanting you to respond, but to really just understand how they feel. Because sometimes, sometimes they just really need someone to listen. So, yeah, there's that. And Pete's dead ass wrong. Yeah, man. So some people, whether it's a podcast space, whether it's a traditional radio space, some people like to make a conversation out of, you know, calling people names or, you know, following mainstream takes or, you know, just following the conventional thinking instead of challenging the fact that, you know, Warren Moon, he was great. Yeah, I'm not going to knock him. He's probably a top three black QB, but is he the best? I don't think so. Because how can you be the best if you didn't even play in the NFL half your career? Now, I know that wasn't all his fault, but the chips fall where they do. That's the bottom line. Because if you really want to talk about the black QB, let's talk about all of the black QBs that were hurt in the making of Warren Moon. If you really want to talk about it. And you know what I'm talking about because the Steelers had him, the Raiders had him, the Raiders had him. There are plenty of black QBs who never even made it, who couldn't even play in the CFL like Warren Moon, like you said. So, 
my point is you're over here saying Warren Moon got blackballed, and so that's why it's okay that he has an asterisk. But what I'm saying is the context is there were a lot of black QBs who got blackballed, and sit your ass on mute because this is my rant. So sit your ass there and be quiet. Stay in your lane. I can project. Stay in your lane. Anyways, that's enough of the slander with that. The only other thing I wanted to say was, man, I don't know what's up with all these game-managing quarterbacks trying to tell younger people to stay in their lane because, like, bro, Flacco, you want a, you want a Super Bowl being a game manager, Big Ben, you want a Super Bowl being a game manager. Like, come on, man. You could help someone be a game manager. And really, as I said last week, KB is not only a system radio host, but he's also a bridge radio host and a game managing radio host <laughs> and he's about to come over this table and fight me right now nah but but in all seriousness only thing i have to say for this week is be yourself love yourself whatever other corny things get you through the day fact is life is bad sometimes it's the biggest troll but it could always be worse. So just enjoy the moments like this podcast. Enjoy the people that you like talking with, like the the guests that we have call in. Shout out to Daiki. And, of course, my co-host, KB. And enjoy the topics that you like, such as writing, NFL draft, whatever it is that you like and enjoy, NBA playoffs. Because all of it makes life a little less trolly. Yes, I just made that up. All right. Well, this is the Touchdowns and Tangents show. I'm P.D. Camarillo. I'm Kenneth French H. Barry. You are terrible. That was You trash. sound like you just came up Bro, for air from water. Like, why do you sound like I was just waterboarding you? Like, relax. Bro, that, I had that, you on mute, okay? Relax. That you, sat, that relax. Was, you didn't give breathe, not one logical breathe, point in what breathe, you said. No, breathe, that's bullshit. Breathe. No, no I'm fine. But breathe, that was, that was terrible. Literally, if you take away his CFL years, he still was one of the statistical greatest quarterbacks of all time he was one of the greatest pocket passers of all time and one of the greatest black quarterbacks of all time okay that sounds really disgusting and disturbing when you do that like it's making me uncomfortable. because i'm waiting for you to catch your damn breath first call, of all because you want to talk about and coon- it's in my back pocket but because anyway you were talking about coon things earlier worm moon has said some coon things too before so you want to call michael yeah. vicka coon look at what some of the quotes worm yeah, moon has yeah, said I, i'm not saying number that. one Number but two, he's still statistically one of the greatest two, black quarterbacks ever. I already said, as far as statistics are concerned, number Take one. Take out Canada, he's still great. I'm not saying he's not great. I'm just saying he's not the greatest. But I agree that Cam he Newton is the a new Super face Bowl. of black quarterbacks. I agree with that sentiment. He doesn't have a Super he's Bowl. Futuristic. He played in the CFL. Like, That's not a knock against But him. you saying he got blackballed, like, that doesn't hold value he to me. He was prevented because from there playing were, in the NFL. There were a lot of QBs in that era and before – that era that, just that were point. blackballed That's as well. Just, so there's a lot of crappy white QBs playing that should have never got a chance. It's kind of like the whole Negro League. I mean, you want to talk about? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I was going to say there are way better players than Babe Ruth, but I mean, yeah, we can go into that all day. But bottom line is, 
it's not a negative against him. He still made the Hall of Fame, too, by the way. He's still a Hall of Famer. He's a great QB, but now, he's not the greatest. If you would have said Doug Williams, I'd be like, all right, he won one, and he's in the He's NFL. not the greatest. He's not the – Doug Williams isn't the greatest. I'd say Warren Moon is. He's the standard for pocket passing. If you're going to look at a black quarterback who didn't run, he purposely didn't run. And then you could you could look at uh, Randall Cunningham. Is he even the best in his franchise? I mean, that's a good point. But also, it's the Houston Oilers and then the Tennessee Titans, so it's two different franchises. You're weak for that. I mean, what Dyko said, he said earlier, he's like, he's like, the Antonio Gates isn't really an L.A. Charger. He's a San Diego Charger. So, technically, Hunter Henry's the, I'm red, going, the, better, the better L.A. Charger tight end, apparently, since we're using that logic. Listen, man. I already said Cam. It's Marcus Allen. I'm going Cam. I'm going. If you don't say Randall Cunningham, I'll punch you in the face. I'm going. Give you a top five. I'm going McNabb. And then Moon McNair, 3A, 3B. I already want to punch you. Cunningham, four. You, you want to say, bro, no, you can't. Take five. No, you can't say two people are the same. I'm not, no. That's that's weak. I, I mean, if you, if you, if you, how. McNabb is realistically six. If you had a list. gun to my head, I would choose McNair. No pun intended. Wow, you you are wow. First a Patricia thing, now that you are batting a thousand today. <laughs> All right, man, we already been on this damn air way too long. This is the good news Have radio show. This is the touchdowns and tangent show. I'm PD Camarillo. I'm Kenneth Frank Jamesbury. Tune into Anchor, and you can hear more on this Black QB debate because we could literally go on about yeah, this for like weeks. Like, for like literally weeks, we, we could just sit this, here for an hour. We argue this more than the rules for Uno and draw four. I'm not even playing. Which is funny because me and my girl just had a debate about Uno rules like two weeks ago. See, no, that's how you in relationships. Don't you and your girl should never play Uno. Play Monopoly. <laughs> build, build build a fictional community together, but don't play Uno together because you're gonna remember that one time where she left your toothbrush on the floor or whatever when it was supposed to be in the sink and it had hair on it, and then next thing you know, boom, you hit it with the draw four, and now you ain't talking anymore. Don't do it. Touchdowns with Tangents Radio. If you made it this far to the end of this broadcast podcast experience, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You're awesome. Don't forget Mother's Day is a Sunday, too, so you might want to actually, like, plan for that. Um, also, if you have uh, any substitutes for subscribing or rating the podcast, direct them to Pete. Pete, what do you say to those people? This ending is like waiting towards the end of a Marvel movie, sitting there debating if you want to go and get your free refill of popcorn to take home, and then realizing you're plenty fulfilled with the movie you've already watched and the popcorn you've already ate. And this extra 30 seconds is really just added fulfillment on, on your life. It's the Touchdowns and Tangents podcast. Thank you for listening. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 